G'day, and welcome to Feed for Thought, a regular podcast from Pioneer covering everything from farm systems to crops and products and much, much more. I'm Ian Williams, and with me today is Maddie Kirk, Area Manager, who's actually gives me a really great advice around what hybrids I should be using and that sort of stuff. So welcome, Maddie. And um, we've got a special guest today, Mike Green from the Rural Support Trust. This week, we're going to look at the Rural Support Trust and just the vital part that they play within the rural community. So, you know, let's get stuck in, guys. We've just been at the field days, all of us. And what sort of things have you picked up from the farmers? Uh, Mike, what, you know, you've been talking to farmers all day, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, we've been having good yakking that with the guys out there. Yeah, certainly um, things are pretty challenging out there. Yeah, it's a, one of the times of the industry we go through peaks and troughs, and uh, I think there's a few uh, headwinds ahead of us at the moment. And uh, one thing that's made a huge difference lately is the uh, sunshine over the last few oh, weeks. You know, it's, well, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah, a bit of sunshine changes the attitude of people's. So, you know, it can be shit on the farm, yeah, pretty down, and um, a bit of sunshine changes the whole attitude. It was amazing, eh? Like just having, I mean, just some sun on your back. I mean, Maddie, you talked about that when you're driving in today. How, yeah. What a big difference it's made for you. Oh, it makes the animals uh, happier, the people happier, and yeah, seeing sun is very, very good for for everybody. That's for sure. Look, yep. Mike, tell us a bit about yourself. I mean, you know, how long have you been involved with Rural Support Trust? Background, what, what were you doing before you joined it? I'm uh, one of the old grey-headed dinosaurs of the industry. Uh, I've had uh, 45 years uh, working in the um, primary industries, uh, mainly in the ag sector. Varying roles kicked off as a livestock agent uh, in the South Island the first 15 years down there. Went and worked for multinational drug companies in the animal health side and then back to Wrightson's, uh, regional manager, Manawatu Taranaki, and then... Uh, Fonterra the last 12 years. Right. So a lot of it's farmer facing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, had a lot of experience in the industry that way. So Rural Support Trust, what is it? What does it do? Look, um, Rural Support Trust is really uh, simply uh, farmers helping farmers, supporting farmers through times of need. We operate uh, 14 independent trusts throughout New Zealand, so we have coverage throughout the whole country. There's a national council that sits or sort of overarches over um, just to help drive national promotions and stuff like that, things like the Time Out Tour with Matt Chisholm. Right. Yeah, cool. Now, Matty, I mean, obviously uh, I plan to uh, interview you at a, at a later stage, but um, just tell me a bit about yourself, about your journey. Yeah, so I'm an area manager with Pioneer Brand Products. Um, I'm an ex-dairy farmer, been a little bit like Mike. I've been in the primary industries pretty much my whole working career, um, 20 plus years. And yeah, it's a sector that's very close to my heart. Obviously, during my dairy farming career, um, I did have experience with depression and anxiety. So I fronted that up and um, I've been working in this space ever since to try and um, help others, really. Cool. Look, I'm really keen for us to talk about that at a later stage where, where you can actually tell your own personal journey. But today, we're just going to talk about the rural community about- and what the trust is doing. So, mm. Mike, the um, rural communities, from my opinion at the moment, are under a fair amount of pressure. Um, just to pluck a few things out of the air, you know, the weather over the last six months has been marginal, to say the best. We've had two two pretty devastating cyclones that have come through and, and smashed out infrastructure. You know, we've had pasture damage. Inflation and on, on-farm costs have gone through the roof, including interest rates. So... How's this all affecting the rural communities with the people that you're talking to? Oh, look, there's a huge um, impact on people at the moment. We suspect uh, 80% of farmers would have lost money last season. Yeah, actually Um, the data shows that. The data shows that it's been a tough, tough season. Oh, absolutely. And it's really uh, the four Fs, fuel, uh, feed and finance. Um, Yeah, some of the main contributors. On top of that, you've got staffing issues, softening of commodity prices. Obviously, the weather's been pretty mixed through the season. And... uh, yeah, compliance costs. 
Yeah, and on top of that, tax bills from the previous year. You know, a lot of those yep. things are actually outside farmers' controls, and you know, it's um, there's a lot of pressure back on people because I think they're failing the system. Yeah. But in this case, it's not like previous times at uh, GFC in that when drawings have been going through the roof and uh, their controllable expenses are under control, um, it's all stuff they can't control. Yeah. It's out of their hands, and I think that's the big that's what, the I think that adds the kind of the dissonance or the, just the just the sense of, oh, this is tough. Do it. I mean, look, I've been, I think you said 45 years, I yeah. mean, 41 years yeah. for me. This would be probably one of the toughest 18 months that I've ever actually seen farming as a community, you know, farmers as a community go through. Yeah, look, not wanting to be really negative about yeah. this, but I think the next 15 to 18 are going to be tougher. Oh, really? Um, you know, and it's basically driven around, and, yeah, look, I spend a lot of time talking to the banks, um, you know, GM level and that, uh, and the you know, rural side of it, and the information that uh, we're getting from them, well, just even measuring the amount of people that have dropped back down to interest only again, you yeah. know, where everyone's been, there's been a huge push on, Principal and interest, yes, and yeah, you know, it's reverting back to interest only to get people through. So it's tough. It's so, a real tough. Yeah. So I, I call those speed bumps, um, yeah. and I think it doesn't matter whether you're in the rural industry or you're or living in town. You know, you're always going to get speed bumps thrown at you through your life. Yeah. So what I what I personally try and do is. Um, you want to be living in a sustainable way, looking after yourself and your family, so that when those speed bumps come along, you're in a better mental state to be able to to handle those speed bumps. Would that would that be a that, correct statement, Mike? That's absolutely critical. Yeah, you know, if you don't, you know, first and foremost, you've got to look after yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, if you're not looking after yourself, you're going to have real issues. Yeah. Um, it's tough enough when you're in a good space, but remember, you can only control the controllables. Mm. And um, yeah, you know, it's about still making time for yourself. You know, having a bit of time out. And in a lot of cases, when people come under pressure, they lose the focus of what they're doing, their head gets clouded, and they can't make the good decisions. Instead of speeding up and working harder, slow down and make a list and yeah. just tick a couple things off at a time, get back to basics. I, n- I never forget, I, I, a friend of mine, I mean, I went through a, a burnout at some stage in my career way back, and because I used to have this mantra in my head, you know, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Mm-hmm. And, I, and a friend of mine was a marathon runner, and they said, you know, when the going gets tough, they've learnt to relax, the exact opposite, you know, to, to rather than push harder and push through it, you just actually need to step back and let your body sort of catch up and, yeah. Well, it's almost like an elite sportsman, right? I think if you talk to an Olympian, at some point during that four-year training cycle, they're going to have some pretty average days, you know, and the the program might say you need to do six hours training today, but if they physically go out and do that six hours training, it's not the right thing for their body and they're actually going to go backwards. You've, you've hit the nail on the head, you know, like, burying your head in the sand and working harder is not always the right thing to do. Um, reaching out to someone like Rural Support Trust and, and having a yarn. Yeah, so to t- tell me a bit about your day. I mean, you know, that, uh, within Rural Support Trust, what's what What do you actually do? I mean, look, you know, as a person out of Rural Support Trust, you know, a lot of the coordinators, you know, they'll get contacts in. A lot will either come from direct contacts quite often within the family. Sometimes it's the person that's um, having the issues. So uh, someone would give you a call and say, hey, look, yeah, you know, my the, brother yeah. or my sister or whatever, yeah, my, yep. or my husband. Yeah. Yep. A lot comes in through rural professionals and it's really a community issue because it's really about noticing the change in behaviour of someone. The early signs, but the earlier intervention, it's a lot easier to pull someone back yeah. before they get too deep into it. So, yeah, it's really, you know, if you notice something going on, don't be frightened to ask the questions how they're doing. I mean, is it easy to get hold of you? I mean... Oh, look, you know, you've got the uh, 0800 help number, yep. rural help. Um, you know, just dial in. You'll get uh, you'll get answered by a person. 
if they don't answer straight away, they'll be back to you very shortly. But um, the one difference between any of the other organisations is we'll sit down around the kitchen table with you face-to-face and have a chat. And, um, yeah, we may not have the solutions for all your problems, but we'll certainly be able to put you in the right direction and connect you into where where you'll be able to receive the right help from. So someone contacts you. And then, and then either if you if you physically can't help yourselves, then then you'll link through to other organisations. Oh, we'll we'll, we'll always go at ourselves first. Right, yep. um, do a face to face. Yeah. Um, sort of triaging the call, working out what the problems are, break the whole thing down. Because quite often there's a multitude of factors behind it. Yep. Something can be starting it, and you know, for instance, one thing we noticed to start with was you know, if it was a financial issue or something like that, or whatever issue. We always used to just think it was the person. Yeah. But if you actually think about it, um, it's normally the wife or partner that cops it a fair bit as well from the pressure seeing people change, the ones they love. Yeah. And then they're trying to um, help that. Then be uh, seen as interfering or picking on something that the person's not owning up to. They cop it. Kids see it happening. And it's really a family issue. So it, it's bigger than one person. No one likes to see your loved ones you know, in a poor space. And having someone from the outside... Often you'll get people that are more honest as a result of that, don't you? Because they, because I've seen as independent, or it's also asking the right questions. Yeah, and I guess, I mean, you guys do this on a daily day basis, right? So there is plenty of people out there currently sitting down with the likes of yourself and having a yarn. So you're not alone in the in the journey, and, and you're not the only one. Oh, absolutely. Look, you know, it's um, the key thing is their confidential chat too. You know, it's uh, kept within within who you're talking to, yeah, anything recorded, yeah, as far as case notes and that. Uh, people, it's only a couple of people that have access to it. They're not open books or anything like that. Mm. Um, so it's sort of a real confidential nature. So, I mean, for example, if a bank referred a client to you or a you know, farmer to you, is there any way any of the information would get back to the bank? I mean, how, how do you deal with that um, sort of stuff? Look, it depends on what the relationship and what stage things are at. You know, quite often they will ask us at times to take information back to the bank on their behalf, but anything you do is with their permission. So nothing will go outside of that, that uh, kitchen table yep, conversation yep. unless people agree to Absolutely. it. Absolutely. You know, the key thing is we've got to have their trust to find out what's going on and then represent them if we are or moving it on to someone else that the same thing happens on the way through the chain. On a whole, do you think farmers are getting better about opening up and talking about how they're feeling? Oh, look, you know, certainly they're getting uh, better at talking um, about issues. Um, you know, people like the JK and that, Matt doing his time out too and now too. Um, the more people can share. And, you know, you speak to those guys that have been through it, even just talking about it themselves. And the big thing you find is when someone's been bottling stuff up for a long time, when they get it out, it's actually a relief to them. Yeah. yeah. Can I just yeah. touch on JK? When I was doing a bit of research a couple of years ago, I read uh, All Blacks Don't Cry, as JK's book. And um, the one quote that stuck out for me in that book, he said, the day that I accepted my depression was the day that I started getting better. Mm. So he had, that was the one day that he probably knew about it for a long time, but didn't really own it. And then when once he owned it and he looked himself in the mirror and said, this is happening, I'm going to deal with it. From that point on, he's been in control. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah and, now that's and, fascinating because because we grew up. I mean, Mike and I would have grew, you know grew up in an environment where big boys don't cry. Correct. Yep. And so you just you know harden up, mate. You just you know just just take a concrete pole. All those yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, look, during COVID, you know, I've had you go around the trust. We've had uh, guys that are you know front row props playing top level footy um, in tears in front of us. Depression when you get to that stage, it just tips you upside down. But you know the one thing. You, know, you mentioned just before, Maddie, is um, got to own it. You know, the key thing is one thing the community can do to help more than anything 
is actually notice what's going on around them. If Johnny normally turns up to squash on a Friday night, he hasn't appeared for a few weeks, don't just say to your mates, where's Johnny? You know, he's not here again. Go and find out why he's not there. You know, if you if you actually care about the guy, you'd go and find out. Unfortunately, you know, the changes in rural communities from what we were in the 80s when conventional bales, everyone go and help each other. In a lot of cases now, we don't even know who our neighbours are. You know, haven't got that relationship. And, um, you know, it's really trying to build that connection back in rural communities and build the strength of the community to help each other. Yeah, it's we're all in the same boat. It's it's almost like communities used to be a physical thing, but now they're far broader. They could be the rugby club or the pub or the or the church or whatever, couldn't they? I mean, yeah, or the school. Look, it doesn't matter where where the connection is. Yeah, you know, it's getting that connection, getting off the farm, sharing that time together, doing something different because farming is a very isolated job. Yeah, exactly. And I think getting in front of people, whether it's at the rugby club or at the chess club or a church or wherever that connection may be is really, really important because a lot of the connection we're getting now is on social media. And social media is basically a false reality. So if you see all your mates in in Rarotonga today and you're thinking, shit, I'm the only one stuck in the Hawke's Bay. But you drive out your gate and you go down to the local hall and realise that actually the whole community is still sitting around and we're all in the same boat together. Yeah, look, you know, and that's really important because... Yeah, it's one thing in your life at some stage or other. I'd be very surprised if most people don't go through a bout of a few challenges. It affects everyone. It's Um, it's normal. It's normal, and this is the whole thing. It's normalising the conversation. Yeah, because it happens to anyone. It's non-selective. It doesn't matter how much money you got, how little you got. Yeah, Um, yeah. Money won't buy your way out of it. It's um, it's if it hits you, it hits you. And uh, the best thing it can be is uh, a good support network around you. Yeah, well, it's a really good point. I mean, you know, wellness issues, they all come from the brain, right? And it's funny that we've all got a brain. And uh, the way I look at my brain is it's the most complex muscle that I have in my body. So when it doesn't feel right, you've got to do something about it. You know, I've I've played a lot of sport in my time. And if I had a sore calf muscle, for example, and it was sore after three or four days, I'd I'd be going straight to the physio and getting some work done on. But a lot of us, you know, we, we feel that we can't work on our brains but it's really, really important. So what are some of the things that we can do? I mean, Maddie, you're involved with an organisation called Surfing for Farmers. What, what are some of the things, practical things, that, that we can do to, to, to help our brains stay healthy? I mean, we're going to get more, into more detail of that, uh, I think, at a, at a later podcast. But, but you know, guys, what, just off the high-level stuff, what sort of oh, things? Just, just, yeah, th- challenge yourself to things you haven't done before. Yeah, right. like those types of events. Yeah, look, I... Um, we have about 40, 35, 40 a week turning up at New Plymouth and Open Aki at each one for surfing for farmers, for oh. instance. So and you're saying yeah. that I'm going to get on a surfboard and do surfing? Oh. I need one of those longboards, mate. <laughs> hey, Even uh, to float me, I need a longboard. Yeah. And water doesn't, wings. <laughs> it doesn't matter what sort of craft you're, you're riding. And, I mean, just on surfing for farmers, um, we've had people turn up in Raglan that haven't even got on a surfboard, but they've got to the ocean, they've had a swim, they haven't been to the ocean in years, and, and they walk out of there a completely different person. I mean, it's a... It's an incredibly healing place to be. Yeah. We've got um, guys that are driving 45 minutes every week, never missing a week. Wow. And uh, never surfed before and getting up now, and, but just mixing with different people. Um, it's just fantastic. Yeah. I think going back to the start of the, the, the podcast, we were talking about that. From my opinion, you really need to be eating, eating well, doing some exercise every day. And I mean, exercise every day for me could be a 20 minute walk, getting off farm. So, you know, when I did the research project a few years ago, the one thing time and time again that came up, that I'd, I'd just ask people directly, if I could change your life today, what would be the one thing that would make you feel better? And the majority of people said, oh, I'd, I want to get off farm. Yeah. So, you know, and, and 
that's not necessarily a holiday. That's just literally driving out the gate and going for a drive for an hour and seeing what your neighbours are up to and, you know, just actually getting outside your four walls is really, really critical. It doesn't matter where you live. Look, you're spot on. It's, you know, the five key ways to wellness. And, you know, if you don't know them, you can soon find them on the website. Just search them. Um, you know, they're pretty simple. It's um, a matter of connecting, getting active, take notice, learn and give. You know, really sums it up to me. As Rural Support Trust, I refer to our business model as the reverse business model. The more clients we get, the more cost it is. Uh, you know, we're in a lucky position of having very strong partners with us, Pioneer being one of our uh, principal partners. And, um, you know, we certainly thank them for the opportunity to enable us to do our work we do in the community because without uh, partners, uh, we wouldn't be able to do what we do and uh, help the community. So thank you for to Pioneer for that as well. Oh, man, we're just so stoked to be involved. You know, um, the Yates family are, are heavily involved in the in this industry and they have been for a very, very long time. And, um, yeah, they support Rural Support Trust and Surfing for Farmers as well. And uh, it's just it, it, it's part of the, the family culture, I guess, eh, and the culture that we work we work in. Yeah, look, I, it's, it's the best company I've ever worked for for that reason. I mean, you know, you're made to feel important and, and I think that that's, what, that's basically what you're saying, isn't it? Yeah, and it's having self-worth. Yeah. You know, if you're in a, um, a good spot, Things go well. Yep. Um, it's only you know when you let things get on top of you, and um, and it's quite often the people you associate with, you surround yourself with, is um, yeah, what you become as well. So look, thanks very much for your time, guys. It's, I really appreciate it. Real support trust. You're just saying, look, you're in a situation where you're feeling as if you can't cope, or you're seeing a loved one in that same situation, or a mate. Reach out. That's absolutely. Oh, eight hundred rural help. Yeah. Find something outside of the farm. Eat well. Sleep well. Talk about what's going on in your lives. There's a whole lot of other stuff that we can be doing. And, and Maddie, you and I are actually going to get into the intimate details of that in a later podcast because I think you've got some, you've done the research, you've got some great information there. And so, look, guys, thanks very much for your time. Um, if uh, you want to hear more, what can they do from a Rural Support Trust perspective? Oh, look, just contact Rural Support Trust. Yeah, have a chat to them. You know, there's a website. Go to that. Yeah, so the, the website Rural is ruralsupporttrust.org.nz. Yep. yep. Um, you know, so jump on there. There's plenty of information there, updated events going on around the place. There, you know, there's a lot of community events run by the trust in association with partners, etc. So um, join in and um, make time. Take awesome. time to make time. Yeah, awesome. So it is a huge privilege for us as a company to be involved, as Matty said. And um, look, there's, it's a volunteer organisation, 350 people involved, 80% of volunteers. Yep. Uh, and they are often people are either farmers or have been involved in the farming community and they understand. And so look, reach out, reach out. There's, you've got nothing to lose and a hell of a lot to gain. Thanks very much. Thanks.